welcome to the latest episode of the Being Forces Friendly Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Eloise. And I'm Olivia, and this episode we'll be sitting down with two exceptionally supportive organisations to discuss defence people and the benefits that come with employing from the defence community. Finding employment is a common struggle faced by our armed forces community, both during their military careers and after. This is something I became really aware of when I was invited to Norway for a first-hand look at Exercise Hairspring, which we'll talk about in more detail later. Um, But while we were there, we got to speak to reserves about the struggles they faced back home, and I was surprised by their lack of opportunities. But I think what really affected me the most was talking to a Marine who's now finishing his career and preparing to return to civilian life. He was obviously very concerned and even fearful at what the civilian future may hold. A military career was all he'd ever known. Absolutely, and it's definitely a challenge that can really affect people's lives and definitely needs to be addressed. Um, that's why we're joined by Helen Swift from Airbus and Mark Ascot from BT, two organisations who are going above and beyond to support this community. Helen, Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. So the first thing I'd like to know is what is it about the armed forces community that makes them such integral parts of your teams? Um, well, we find at BT, we find um, that the experience, the motivation, the, the willingness to um, to crack on with the job, all the transferable skills that you see in the military uh, being transferred into someone's civilian role uh, brings a, a lot to the party for our, our reservists and our ex-regulars in the business as well. I would um, completely agree with, with you, Mark. Um, essentially, uh, the reservists that we have in Airbus have um, a really rich mix of uh, skills, are very transferable to our organisation. So you can talk about technical skills, um, which they do within their roles within the military, whether that be aircraft, engineering or communications and uh, cyber intelligence activities. What's just as important as those hard skills, it's kind of the soft skills which are actually very frequently innate in the way that our reservists tackle any um, obstacle issue or even challenge. So you look at their ability to lead, um, they can do attitude, as you mentioned, Mark, um, work as a team. And also delegate as well, which is which is a real asset to any organisation. And I would pick up on on that and translate it as a as a reservist myself. I would say that it's the values and standards that they bring that these deep rooted um, core values that reservists will bring into the business. And just last week, I was speaking to to somebody, and he said, "No, the thing about you know talking." ex-military to ex-military or reservist to reservist is when you say you're going to do something you do it and you know that that's when an ex-military person or reservist says they're going to do it they will do it mm-hmm. Now, not to say that civilians don't do that as well but there is something about this community that that makes them really special for us absolutely you find you very often find that they are the ones that that go the extra mile maybe they're the first in the office or the last to leave, particularly within the aerospace and defence industry, where you find that we're bidding for complex projects and trying to solve very difficult problems for our customers. And it involves a lot of intellectual um, 
capacity and workshopping sometimes through the night. So I completely agree that you guys have a, a unique skill set and we want more, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of wanting more, um, Airbus is a business that reservists and armed forces community seems to ever, grow, ever be growing. BT is actually, right at this moment of recording, is the biggest employer of reservists in the UK. Um, and that seems to be something that is constantly growing. Is this something that's happened quite organically, having um, the armed forces community as part of your businesses? Or is this something that you really, that you stopped and thought, this is something that we should be aiming for, and this is something that we are driving to get? I mean, I would definitely say that from an Airbus perspective, um, until maybe two years ago, it was organic growth. Let's not forget that the defence and space part of our business predominantly serves um, the UK military customer. So you'll find that um, we estimate that a third of our workforce are veterans or ex-military personnel in some way. However, we've gone through um, an evolution within our organisation, bringing together our commercial aircraft business, our defence and space and our helicopters business. And, and as part of that, we have shone the spotlight really on not only um, actively promoting um, reservists within our organisation and encouraging our employees to consider becoming reservists, but also support to our veterans as well. We have um, established a um, an executive team within our organisations. We have site um, uh, reservists, ambassadors and veterans ambassadors at every site within Airbus. We are now holding regular reservist events and we've really strengthened the network internally to promote the benefit both the benefits of employing serving reservists, not only within that community, but to all of our management teams and line managers as well. Um, from BT's point of view, I've, I've been digging into our history with the armed forces, um, and it goes back over 160 years where we oh, provided yeah. the, the army with its first electric telegraph capability on a, on a wagon, <laughs> a horse-drawn wagon. Uh, and I think since then, the development of communications technology um, has meant that BT and the armed forces have just been completely entwined. So, but that's on the technology front, and that, that spills over to our people as well. So uh, as, as a company, the General Post Office uh, mobilised 75,000 uh, employees during the First World War, now obviously had a big... Uh, part to play in technology and communications technology in the Second World War, and I think so that that historical foundation has has proved extremely uh, beneficial for us, and is probably why we have such a large uh, veteran and reservist uh, community in, in the in the business right now. Um, but I think in recent decades, with uh, with the maturing of our HR policies, the support that we give, the 10 days leave that we give to all of our reservists, uh, some really comprehensive uh, support if they're mobilised as well. Um, I think that that has started um, to make the business more realise how what the transferable skills are and what benefits these, these individuals uh, bring to the business. 
Um, so, so I think that's that that you know, looking at the history but understanding where we are right now. You know, we we are um, we're really proud to be the largest supporter of reservists. We we hope that we stay that way, but I think we also need to remember that it's, it's a very personal decision for someone to join. So so there's a um, there's a nuance there that we encourage all types of volunteering. Reservists, reserve service is one of those, and but when somebody makes a decision to to do that, then we give them our full support. But it's also about um, us as large organisations um, recognising the role that we can play in supporting cadet forces yeah. as as well. We're very lucky that we um, are developing cutting-edge technologies that have many applications um, within the defence world and at Airbus, at every opportunity, we look to bring in cadet forces to um, explore our technology and understand the relationship between industry and um, and the tri-service cadets. So, for example, um, at our air shows, we always organise or we have started to organise over the last two years in particular tours of our military aircraft which are actually in service with the RAF right now um, which gives those young cadets who are maybe considering a career within the armed forces a real taste and an experience of the type of equipment and capability that they would be working with should they choose a full-time career um, in the armed forces or indeed decide to become a reservist on a part-time basis. I think, Helen, that's, you've highlighted a real, real a great opportunity for, for businesses to tap into this, um, this talent stream coming through. You know, we're all um, really focusing. We all need uh, young people with really strong STEM skills who, uh, who can, as, as you say, Helen, can either choose to spend some time in the military uh, and then have a civilian career afterwards, or come and uh, come to us or, or any other company and uh, do an apprenticeship or a, a degree or whatever. Think so, so where we can um, tap into those uh, sources of talent, and particularly by partnering with with uh, MOD, looking at uh, attracting cadets through into our businesses. I think that's some really great opportunities mm-hmm. ahead for us. Absolutely. Um, so what are your future plans? Uh, do you have anything coming up like events or plans to hire more reservists? So we've got a very big event at Airbus coming up on the 12th of July. Um, we've made the commitment that um, in addition to our partnerships with um, local uh reservist centres around our sites where we will do as and when required reservist recruitment events. We will do one large recruitment event annually. And um, the next event will be at Airbus in Filton on the 12th of July where um, we have 4,000 high-value engineers and support staff um, from not only Airbus but some of our tier one suppliers based at Filton. They will come, have the opportunity to come to uh, our recruitment event. There will be representatives from uh, Triforce Reserve Units. I believe we have eight to ten um, attending, which is amazing commitment um, 
from the armed forces and we're very very grateful for that um, we'll be having a barbecue and a real celebration of um, not only the reservists that we have within our organization today but the opportunities um, for across the board um, reservist opportunities and also a bit of experience as to what it's like to be a reservist mm -hmm. I think I think our military colleagues are going to set some challenges for our employees, um, bring along some equipment and some uh, physical kit to, to wear, to try on, um, which Eloise and I know from experience yeah. in Norway <laughs> is, is quite unique. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and that sort of brings me on to my next topic. Um, Eloise told me about how you joined her for the overseas exercise hairspring. How's that, that affected your view on things? Oh, it's just in, it's just enhanced. Um, it's enhanced my knowledge and understanding of the role of um, serving reservists. So just to give everybody a bit of background, uh, we attended um, exercise hairspring, which is the Royal Marines Arctic Warfare Training uh, exercise, which happens annually in Harstad in Norway and during a period of four days um, employers from across the UK got the opportunity to observe and where appropriate participate in um, the Arctic warfare training. We witnessed um, avalanche training, um, we witnessed um, the teams camping out, um, building snow holes, survival techniques, um, learning to uh, telemark. Um, it's, a, it's a really, really tough exercise and to meet the highlight of the whole um, experience was actually meeting serving uh, reservists who not only were challenged physically to um, but also mentally and the overwhelming takeaway was the ultimate strength of character that these reservists yeah. absolutely displayed during during their their two weeks of training and to to witness that and just to see the innate skills that they applied during that period are so transferable to industry i mean the the, we saw the amount of um, time and the investment in specific skills that these reservists had during a very, very short space of time, um, which is such a benefit to industry to know that um, our reservists are really getting the best investment, which they can then bring back into our organisation and help our companies to thrive. It was an amazing experience, and I would encourage um, any employers who are considering doing more around the armed forces covenant or whether questioning uh, the real benefits to their organisation of employing serving reservists to get in contact with the reserve forces and cadets association or indeed defence relationship management to have that experience of witnessing firsthand um, the investment and the excellence of uh, uh, that goes into supporting the reservists. Mark, um, we recently met at the Gold Alumni Group meeting, the group which you get admission to by having won a Gold Defence ERS award. How do you think that that award has affected how you support um, the defence community? That's a very interesting question, given our history and, and our long-standing support. 
Um, I would say the Armed Forces Covenant and the focus that gives us to deliver the pledges that we've made um, added to the gold uh, award really we hold our own feet to the fire because that's the way it works but it gives real focus in the business right up to the very top about what we do and support as well so I think it's an incredibly valuable thing we're very proud to be a gold award holder and uh, we sincerely hope that we'll have our gold award renewed this year that's, uh, that's we've, it's been three years now um yeah, I, I think, and we re- recently renewed our Armed Forces Covenant pledges in January, mm-hmm. uh, signed at the top of BT Tower with my chairman, Sir Mike Rake, and the Chief of the General Staff. Um, and that's, I think that, and it's not just a piece of paper, it's really important to us. Uh, and my job as head of um, military engagement is really to bring that covenant to life and to make it happen and to make sure that if we do find... Uh, situations where armed forces people particularly commercially are being disadvantaged so recently we've we've announced to waive uh, broadband cancellation fees for service people who are posted uh, around the country Uh, we already had uh, mobile contract freezes uh, for for armed forces people and i continually strive to uncover uh, those sorts of instances to to support uh, armed forces people um, in uh, in getting the right service level of service from our company because we're a large company um so i think it, it it's all about just uh having that focus for the business right to the very top uh, certainly helps me do my job absolutely so i guess my final question for you guys would be what advice would you give to any employees who are considering hiring from the armed forces community so um firstly i would recommend that they connect with uh, the Reserve Forces and Cadets Association um, or indeed the um, Armed Forces Career Transition Partnership. Um, Interestingly we found that within our commercial aircraft organisation we had a small pool of um, veterans and service leavers who had left the Armed Forces and joined Avis Commercial and had found that transition not as smooth as they'd hoped it to be. So um, as an, as an organisation, we established the Ambassador Network to support uh, service leavers. We also run a work experience programme where um, service leavers can come into industry and work for a period of time from anything to two days to um, a month to six weeks to understand how to work in civilian life. So talk to the Career Transition Partnership because they have very um, strong and tangible advice. Um, I would recommend as an organisation you go and um, have experience of what it's like being in the military and there are many opportunities to do that. Um, and, And really also identify if there are any veterans or um, current reservists within your organisation that can really, really help with that objective. Um, Absolutely echo everything you've said. Uh, We work very closely with the CTP um, to advertise our jobs um, across the board. 
we have a, a program called BT Transition Force that connects BT buddy volunteers, and they don't have to be ex-forces in the business, they can be anyone, but they, it connects people in our business with armed forces people who are looking to find the right job, the right career, the right industry, the right company. So it's not a recruiting program for us. It's giving armed forces people the ability to essentially level the playing field. So when, when you're in the armed forces, you're not developing a civilian network of contacts. So we give them access to that. Um, so they can sit down or, or over email or a telephone call with a buddy or more you don't have to just have one. So to get some CV advice, uh, interview advice specific to them, to, specific to a role they might be looking at or, or a company they might be applying for, it, they can facilitate work experience placements. They can be introduced to other members uh, of, of the network. So a lot of the work I do when I, uh, when I am a BT buddy, I introduce armed forces people to pe other people I know. I'm not a project manager. If they want to be a project manager, I'll find one or two in the business and link them up. So I think that's something that any business can do. Uh, and there are a number of mentoring schemes and buddying schemes available out there that they can, uh, that companies can access. Um, and uh, I think that's really powerful because that, what that does, it, it takes the standard provision that the Career Transition Partnership gives all armed forces people and overlays it with a, a highly bespoke and very relevant and valuable uh, addition that then helps individuals make the right decision about their career. Absolutely. I think the um, creating those networks and connections is something I've never really considered as that much of a struggle. But then when you when I met everyone in Norway and spoke to them, it just gave me such an understanding of these small struggles that we don't necessarily even think about, but just makes such a huge difference to them. And often just one telephone call to somebody that I know to say, look, I've got this armed forces people and I think they'd really benefit from talking to you and people generally speaking will say yeah I'll, I'll go for that and you know that that could that could save an awful lot of time an awful, awful, awful lot of yeah. recruiting money yeah. awful lot of recruiting risk as well um, or it might not and I, I I'd also say that if someone comes to our company and has a work does a work experience attachment and at the end says actually that's not for me that's a positive, positive outcome for that yeah. individual. At least they've ruled out something. Yeah. They, they then know, yeah. I don't want to do that, I'm looking for something else. Yeah, mm. yeah. that's okay. great. That's brilliant. Well, thank you guys both for coming and talking to us. I'm afraid we're out of time now, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you both. Thank you very much. Thank pleasure. you for thank having you. us. For more information on the Armed Forces Covenant, please visit the Armed Forces Covenant website. You can find the link in the description. And if you have any questions, share them with us on LinkedIn, Twitter or Facebook. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Being Forces Friendly. And do make sure to subscribe to us on your podcast player and across social media. We've been your host and thank you very much for listening.